Hello everybody, how are you all doing? Welcome to another episode of Uncharted Era with CK61938. How's everybody's week been? They've been okay? I hope you're doing good, I hope you're looking after yourselves, checking in and making sure that you're all okay and anybody else that you know as well. Um, vaccines are still rolling out, I hear America have now um, taken in about 300 million vaccines which should cover everybody in the United States. Uh, we're still obviously rolling out our vaccines here in the UK as well. I don't know what it's like for the rest of the world um, in other countries, but I know obviously America and U UK are pushing through. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how things go. Um, how have I been this week? Um, I've had I've had more downs than up this week, I suppose. Um, my mental health has not been the best this week. Um, yesterday, for example, I barely got any work done. I was so demotivated and demoralised that I was just like, is it demotivated or unmotivated? I can't remember which one. But I was just like, oh, I can't be bothered. It wasn't until about quarter to four in the afternoon that suddenly my brain woke up and I was like, yes, let's get some work done. I was like, well, I finish in about an hour, so it's pointless now. <laughs> but yeah, no, I've, 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 like I say, yeah, my head's not been sort of in the right place in the last few days. So, um, you know, I only got up about three hours ago as well. So it's like 25 past four in the afternoon here in the UK. Um, so yeah, got up about three hours ago. I was just like, uh, can't be bothered. <laughs> so yeah but other than that i'm not too bad i'm doing okay you know uh, i'm alive and i'm breathing so that's always a good thing um <clears throat> work work has been good so that's all that's all that's all happening as well um so we have got quite a fair bit of stuff to cut to cover um especially regarding Zack snyder's justice league and we're going to touch on a bit about um one ray fisher um he released a statement in relation to the reshoots of Justice League and stuff involving Jeff Johns again. Um, so I will get onto that very, very shortly as well. Um, so what have I been watching? Well, what have we, myself and the missus, been watching? Well, I've been watching a lot of... Because um, now Star has released here in the UK as part of Disney Plus and other parts of Europe. So we've obviously got new shows and films and whatnot um, added on to the catalogue of Disney Plus um, content. And I've started watching Blackish. It has been on my radar. It's been on my list for some time. Um, I've started watching it and I am loving this show. You know, I I understood what it was about. I knew who I know who's in it. You know, Anthony Anderson. You know, Lawrence Fishburne pops up every now and then as well. Um, and I thought to myself, you know, I really would like to watch it. And it really does touch on a lot of subjects and all the stuff that black people go through and everything. And just watching it and the way that Anthony is like with you know is his character Andre. And um, oh, I've completely forgotten the actress that plays his wife, Rainbow, but uh, she's absolutely amazing. The kids as well, they are all hilarious. Um, it's just amazing, especially Diane. I love Diane. I think she's the funniest out of all four kids, but uh, all of them, each of them have their own quirks about them. But uh, yeah, no, it's really, it's a really good show. I love it. So yeah, I'm continuing. I'm watching Blackish, still on the first season. I think I'm halfway through it sort of now, maybe about episode 12 or 13. Um, 
I've also started uh, Futurama. I have watched bits of Futurama in the past, but I've started watching that again. Um, so I finished season one. Um, I've started Family Guy, so gone through all the first all the episodes of season one. There's only seven, but I know after that it does go to the usual sort of twenty three, twenty four episodes <laughs> per season. So um, and I realise there's like eighteen seasons of that. So I'm like. Yeah, got a bit of catching up to do, so it's a fair bit there. And I've also started watching the Muppets because they've brought back the original Muppets um, show from like the seventies, eighties um, on Disney Plus. Um, so I've started watching that as well. So yeah, those are the four sort of primary shows that I'm watching um, as part of um, on the on Disney Plus and Star. Um, so, so that's happening. Um, we watched Tom and Jerry last weekend. I completely forgot to mention that in last week's episode. But yeah, the missus and I, we watched um, Tom and Jerry and um, thoroughly enjoyed it. It was actually, this is the movie that I'm talking about. So it was actually better than I was expecting. Um, Chloe Grace Moretz is in there as well as Michael Pena and uh, Rob Delaney as well. Um, so yeah, really, really good. Thoroughly enjoyed it. So, you know, if, you, if you've got your kids, watch it with them. I'm sure they'll enjoy it as well. Um Black Lightning, Batwoman, um, I've watched those as well. Start, they're still going from strength to strength, those two particular shows. The Flash has now returned, um, so we watched that. So this is obviously, don't forget, this season seven sort of continues on from season six because we know the pandemic, they had to shut down production. So they've started back up. Um, and uh, yeah, so this, this week's start, this new the first episode of season seven slash continuing on from season six um one you know somebody unfortunately has a tragic end i'm not going to say who but if you've watched the show you'll know exactly who i'm referring to um but yeah it was uh it's it's quite interesting to see exactly where this is going to go and how it's going to finish and then how it's going to start again because don't forget this is season seven you know we're obviously supposed to have a new big bad and i believe we've got um Godspeed arriving again. Um, I believe he's going to be the next big bad once they deal with, you know, Eva McCulloch in some in however they're going to deal with her, whether or not you know something bad will happen to her or whatever. We don't know. Um, so we'll see how that goes with the Flash. Um, and then Superman and Lois. Uh, I've watched episode two. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I have recorded my review for my Uncharted era reviews patreon podcast so that will be available there's actually a bit more than i need to say regarding superman and lois later on um du during this podcast so um yeah there's there's something i need to mention it involves not just that show but also supergirl so yeah i'll i'll talk about that very very shortly uh coming to america the sequel has now been is now available on amazon prime um the missus and i watched the first coming to america um i vaguely remember it for some strange reason i seem to remember bits of that film uh the missus couldn't remember any of it so we re thought well we'll rewatch it get us started to to watch the second one so we rewatched the first one last night and then tonight we'll be watching the um the the the, the sequel so i'm looking forward to that wandavision finished um, the final episode has now been available, is now released on um, Disney Plus. So if you want to binge watch the entire series, you can. So this was labelled the series finale, which is fine. It totally should be. And um, I think it ended really well. I've been reading stuff on the internet, people not happy about the fact that it, the way that it's ended, because they had all these theories and all these. Um, 
you know, what, what they think was going to happen, who's involved as to why Wanda is, is the way that she is and how did Vision become become around, become, you know, how, how is he alive again? And, you know, is it Wanda that's doing this? Or is somebody controlling her? Or does somebody, did she do a deal with the devil, a.k.a. Mephisto? I've heard that name Mephisto being banded about and all sorts. And, um, and yeah, let's just say it disappointed a lot of people. But that's what happens when you allow your expectations to get too high. If you keep your expectations low, you won't be as disappointed. Me, like I said, I've never read the Marvel comics to this extent to, you know, about wonder and vision and such. You know, I knew who they were. Um, you know, I've seen I've seen the characters, I've seen them appear in other forms of comics and whatnot, and I knew who they were. Um, but I've never really fully read up about them as to with how they came to be and all that sort of stuff um but yeah so when people were watching wonder wonder vision and thinking oh could it be this could it be that or what if it's this person what if that person's actually involved and then you find out that it was none of that entirely so i enjoyed it i thought it was awesome it it did it just went a direction that the, not that i was not that i wasn't expecting just that I thought to myself, okay, maybe somebody is controlling her. Maybe somebody is doing this to her. But then when it ended the way that it ended, I thought to myself, do you know what? I've got no problem with that. I, you know, I didn't have any high expectations about it. You know, my expectations were sort of middle, in, in the middle. Um, and I, I was impressed. So, and I was telling someone yesterday on, on Twitter, I said, um, what's the saying? Sometimes the simplest explanation is usually the best. And the way that they went about the show, it was the simplest explanation. They didn't go beyond the realms of possibility or anything. They kept it grounded. They kept it simple. You know, it was all about the grief and the trauma um, and side of things. So it was all, it's, there wasn't a specific big bad in that sense. Yes, you've got Agatha Harkness in there, but we find out what her reason, what she's doing and why she's in town. Um, you know, we do find out in this episode and in the, in the finale, I think we also find out in the, in last week's episode, you, you have an understanding as to why she's around, you know, what is her deal? What is her business? We also see a bit more of, um, Monica Rambeau as well. And, um, we actually find out who fake Pietro, AKA Fiat, really is as well so um yeah so so there's that going on then you've got white vision in there as well so yeah i think it's solid i think it finished really well um yeah i've got no problems with it whatsoever so wandavision did its job um so yeah i can't complain um then we watched the the legends they were showing both falcon and winter soldier because that series starts in two weeks time Next week on Disney Plus, in terms of Marvel content, will be the assembled um, show, which will be the making of One Division, and then the week after that, the nineteenth, will then will then start um, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier as well. So that's that's where that's where we're at. So all going well in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, and there's two after credits, two after two end credit scenes, by the way, for One um, Division for the for the final episode as well so um yeah keep your eye peels keep your eyes peeled for that so let's move on to some some other stories um so the golden globes happened last sunday and um we've got a list of winners i'm going to go through i'm not going to list out all the winners but i'll go through some of the more notable ones and i think the biggest notable one was um chadwick boseman um he got his 
um, award for best actor in a motion picture drama for uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which was on Netflix and um, fully deserved. Um, I haven't watched his wife's speech, but apparently um, from what I've heard, she gave a very moving speech um, it sounds like there wasn't a dry dry eye in the house at all um but yeah she gave a very moving speech and it um it looks like she uh she honored chadwick in in in, in a good way as well which which is which is expected as well um other notables we've got such a baron cohen he won the award for best actor in a motion picture musical or comedy for Borat's subsequent movie film um, Daniel Kaluuya got best actor in a supporting role in any mo motion picture for his role as um, Fred Chapman um, in Judas and the Black Messiah so Fred Chapman being the um, the, the leader of the Black Panthers um, in terms of actress you've got Andra Day who got best actress in a motion picture drama for the United States versus Billie Holiday um, director Chloe Zhao um, who's direct who's doing um, Eternals for Marvel uh, she got a uh, best director motion picture winner she won that award for her movie Nomadland um, best screenplay went to the trial of Chicago 7 uh, we got best original score for motion picture for Soul, which was on Pixar, uh, released by Pixar, and that went to Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, and John Bat Bat Batiste. Um, yeah, so there's there, there's a few few in there. Best miniseries or television film. So this is this is for television side of things. Um, the Queen's Gambit won that. You have got The Crown winning best winner for best series, and Shit's Creek winning for best comedy series. Um, you know, and and yeah, there's a few more. But John Boyega also got an award for best supporting actor in a television series, miniseries, or television film for his role in the Small Axe anthology. So he won that, which is very very deserving. Anya Taylor Joy she got her award for best actress actress in a miniseries or television film. So yeah, if you want to read see the full list, I'll post a link and then you can have a have a look at that as well. So that's that was the Golden Globes. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, Jupiter's Legacy. So I did touch on this uh, briefly last week that um, this was going to be on Netflix and it's like a superhero based um, series. Or is, it, is it a film? I think it's a series. And uh, Netflix released a teaser trailer for it. It does look very good. Um, it's it's very interesting. I I like the look of it, so I will be checking that out. Um, so it releases on May seventh on Netflix, and um, it's actually based on a graphic novel slash comic book series um, that was written by Mark Miller. Um, and the teaser trailer is done in a way that they give you the artwork, so it's like somebody's drawing the art, and then it changes from black and white to like pencils to ink to color and then to live action so it does that it puts all all, all you know layers it up in that sense uh, which is really good so i found that very very interesting so yeah i'm looking forward to that uh, so that's jupiter's legacy to be released on netflix on may 7th um we've got a new cast member for the borderlands live action movie um tiny tina is the character and she's been she's going to be played by ariana greenblatt who's who was young gamora in the avengers um infinity war slash end game films um so yeah that's that's where 
we see um we'll see her playing tiny tina in the borderlands movie alongside kate blanchett kevin hart jack black <laughs> as well so um yeah so that that's that that's coming along nicely that that cast um Moving on to gaming, Hogwarts Legacy, I didn't even know that this was a thing, but Hogwarts Legacy is going to include live, look, live, so it's going to have what's known as a trans-inclusive character creation. Um, this isn't the first time that we're going to see this concept and this idea. It was actually part of the character creation for um, Cyberpunk 2077 that came out December of last year. Um, you know, you can create a trans character um, if you if if you like. So Hogwarts Legacy is going to do a similar thing. I'm sure other games probably have done that before, but all I know from firsthand for me was Cyberpunk 2077 had that ability, and it looks like that's going to continue on with Hogwarts Legacy. So um, that's good, which is great. Um, Hugh Grant has been cast as the villain in Dungeons and Dragons. Sophie Lillis is also set to star in that film as well. So we've seen Hugh Grant play bad guy before. Um, so uh, if you've seen The Undoing on HBO, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> he doesn't have to do bad guy pretty well. And apparently his, his role in Paddington 2 has been highly spoken about. I have not seen the Paddington movies myself, but um, should I get round to it, I will look forward to seeing Hugh's um, performance in the second film because he was well revered. Everybody said that his performance was just amazing. Um, so yeah, the last film that I saw him in was uh, The Gentleman, directed by Guy Ritchie, and he was on form. Hugh Grant was on top form in that film. So um, if you've not seen The Gentleman, Matthew McConaughey um, is in that. Um, please do watch it, it's hilarious, absolutely brilliant film. Um, Michael B. Jordan is, he released a trailer for his new film on Amazon Prime called Without Remorse, it's an action thriller and it looks intense. He plays this soldier who um, whose wife is brutally murdered um, when three people invade his home and um, he then enacts revenge, um, and it looks, like I say, it looks brutal. You've also got Guy Pearce, you've got Jamie Bell, you've got to um, Jodie Turner-Smith in there as well. So, um, yeah, it looks pretty good. There's a point in the trailer where he sets a car on fire. There's actually somebody in the car. He sets the car on fire, walks to the car, whilst it's on fire, goes inside, points the gun at the guy and says, you know, what? give me a name, and this, that, and the other. And I'm thinking, wow. <laughs> He does know this car's going to blow up, right? <laughs> but yeah, the trailer does look intense. Um, so that film's coming out, I believe, April 30th on uh, on Amazon Prime. So that, that does look good. looks really good. Um, the trailer for Thunder Force is a new, new superhero movie coming out on Netflix. Um, I think that's coming out in May as well. Um, starring Melissa McCarthy and Octavia Spencer as like a comedy sort of superhero film. Um, a lot of superhero related content coming out late, lately. I think this is now this is now the thing going forward. We're seeing because obviously Marvel and DC, and we've seen what they've done in the relevant sort of cinematic universes and such, you know. And we've seen other sort of spin offs in terms of superhero films. You know, don't forget the Kick Ass films from way back when because they are also comic book related as well um and i've just mentioned earlier jupiter's legacy and now we're getting a film called thunder force um i think it's an original sort of film starring melissa mccarthy and octavia spencer it does look hilarious looks funny and moving on to some more superhero content silk um i think she's she's like a derivative from like the spider-man spider-woman sort of universe 
So this is going to be produced by Chris Miller and Phil Lord, and it's going to be, and Sang Q Kim is going to be the uh, showrunner, and it's going to be available on Amazon Prime. So that's in development, basically. Um, so I, I had heard whispers that Silk was going to be made, so I believe it's a live-action series um, that's, that's happening. Um, and that's, like I say, that's now being brought forward it's uh so it is a live live action spider-man spin-off tv show um like i say all we've got so far is the showrunner the producers and um they're looking for the lead role as being described as a korean american between 19 and 29 years old a kid from queens who's on her own for the first time Excuse me. Although she's a total beginner in law enforcement and fighting crime, she is said to love the feeling of beating up criminals to let her frustrations out and has an affinity for 80s and 90s pop culture. Very good. Um, so, yeah, so that does sound interesting. So, thank you, Kim's locked into the showrunner and executive producer. And as I say, we've got uh, Chris Miller and Phil Lord, the guys who gave us um, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse as well. So, they're, they're, they're also in there. And according to this, it's saying that um, both Miller and Lord have met with an actor named Adeline Rudolph, who was... Oh, that's... Um, so she was in The Chilling Adventures of, of um, Sabrina. I think she played Rosalind. Um, no, not no, not Rosalind, sorry. Um, she played... Um, ah, who did she play? Agatha, that's it, sorry. why I don't know why I went with Rosalind. Rosalind's the black girl, sorry. Yeah, Adeline Rudolph played um played yeah, Agatha, one of the uh, the, 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 the Night Sisters in uh, Chilling Adventures of um of uh, of Sabrina and was also Minerva Marble on Riverdale. Wow, so she was in both shows. Imagine that playing a character two different characters from the same sort of you could say universe in that sense um but yeah it looks like she she has apparently met up with miller and lord to possibly be the lead character to play silk but it hasn't been confirmed um that you know there's no other talks of of other castings as well so but that's that's where we're at with silk so that's good that's something that's happening there uh we've had some movie um, release date changes again um, the Fast 9 saga has been moved to June 25th which happens to also be the same date that Venom's sequel um, Let There Be Carnage is also set to be released we'll see if they if one of those decide to move again we have no idea Quiet Place Part 2 has now been moved forward from its original its release date I believe was about was it July or August? That's now been moved forward to May 28th. Uh, Christopher McQuarrie has released a first look at Kittredge's return. Kittredge, who was in the first uh, Mission Impossible film, he's returning for Mission Impossible 7. There's a, there's a picture that Christopher has released on his Instagram. Kittredge sitting on a train. Um, well, looks to be a train anyway. Um, reading something. So um, I just basically retweeted saying... Does he seem upset? Because you remember in the first Mission Impossible film where you've got Tom Hanks, uh, Tom Tom Cruise's Ethan Hunt talking to Kittredge and Kittredge is saying, you know, look, I understand you're upset. And he's saying, Kittredge, I don't think you've seen me extremely upset. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah, and then that's when he puts the, uh, the, the chewing gum together, slaps it against the aquarium 
and then that 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 explodes and then water just comes running out of the uh, of the restaurant so yeah so yeah it's good to see Kittredge returning i like i like the fact that Macquarie is bringing back some other character from some older characters from uh, from 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 way back when to the to, to the film series so um so yeah we'll see we'll see how that goes apparently there was word that um they're shutting down production because i believe there's there was either either a covid outbreak or something um because Macquarie wants is filming both sorry it's not a covid outbreak i do apologize so production has been shut down because they're supposed to be doing mission impossible seven and eight back to back um but production is currently temporarily shut down so that um tom cruise can do his promotion for top gun maverick which is set to be released july of this year i believe it was supposed to be july of last year obviously but then the pandemic happened so that's the word but Macquarie is saying that that's not likely to happen that it's not going to be shut down for that long in that in that sense so it doesn't mean to say that they won't still continue shooting mission impossible 8 on the back of mission impossible 7 um so yeah it's stuff going on that, that i'm not too familiar with so we'll, we'll we'll leave it as it is um a new original star trek movie is now being developed and is going to be written by kalinda vasquez and produced yet again by J.J. Abrams. So that's happening. Um, so that was announced um, sometime this week. Um, as usual, because J.J. Abrams is involved in this one, because don't forget he also did the Kelvin timeline with Star Trek in 2009, Into Darkness, and obviously Beyond as well, um, which didn't do as well as we were hoping. I still enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, um, so Kalinda Vasquez, who has actually um, been help, who's been working on Star Trek Discovery, is now going to write um, the new Star Trek original Star Trek film. Apparently, she pitched a new original idea, which makes it sound like it won't necessarily be a retread of Kirk, Spock, or any of the other current sort of crew and incarnations. So it looks like we're going to see an entirely new sort of. Um, new sort of set of characters um as well so um yeah we'll 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 see how that goes an interesting bit of trivia here is that vasquez herself has a bit of she she's sort of like she's got a bit of star trek form in herself in that um going beyond discovery she apparently has she's named after barbara bouchette's kalinda from the original series of season two episode called by any other name so there's a character called kalinda from the original series and and that's kalinda with a ke kalinda vasquez is ka kalinda so yeah that's a, i suppose that's good in that sense that you've got that sort of link in that in that in that sort of way like i say she's worked she works she's worked on uh, discovery as well so there's a good bit of uh star trek tie-in coming in there so that's all that in terms of the amazon netflix and such in fact let me just because i forgot to i did say last week that paramount plus is gonna start soon well in fact it, actually it's already started um paramount plus was released two days ago um in the u.s and it's actually um cbs all access renamed so it's still the CBS All Access streaming service but it's now been renamed to Paramount Plus and it's bringing in all the all the other catalogs with it including like I say that they're going to read they're going to they're going to do Frasier 
Um, they're going to release their films like A Quiet Place Part 2 and Mission Impossible 7 will eventually move to the streaming service 45 days after they've been on they've been released in the, in the cinemas and theatres so that's what that's what's happened it's that CBS All Access has now been rebranded that's the word I was looking for thank you rebranded as Paramount Plus and it's and it's now been it's it's now been released in the US um, as of March 4th so um, yeah Paramount Plus so it's no longer CBS All Access it's now Paramount Plus that's what we uh, that's what we have now so moving on to some Disney and Marvel stuff um, so we've learned from um, Anthony Mackie that uh, the Falcon's backstory is going to be fully explored in um, the Falcon and Winter Soldier, which is due to start on Disney Plus in two weeks on the 19th of March. Um, because we know that he did mention in Captain America, um, the Winter Soldier, you know, he spoke about, um, uh, you know, that he was part of some um, secret operation, um, you know, that he was, he didn't say he was a pilot, but he did have a wingman um, that he lost um, during one of his missions, during one of their missions. Um, and I remember, you know, you remember when Cap was saying, oh, I thought you said you were a pilot. He said, no, I'd never said I was a pilot. You know, and we saw the, the dossier that said Falcon on it as well. So, um, yeah, so we're going to find out a bit more about his, I'm sure we'll find out about his wingman and, you know, how he became of a, to become a soldier and was was in was in service and everything and such things like that so um it's good that we're going to get that as well we've had a new cast of news for the obi-wan kenobi disney plus series uh, an actress by the name of indira varma um she's going to she's been cast in a secret role now they're so secret but some people are guessing is it going to be um satine who was in um the clone wars um show for uh for, for for you know the star wars clone wars animated series um could that be that we'll get some flashbacks of of satine and obi-wan in that sense so who knows we shall see um a bit of news regarding ant-man and the wasp and quantumania um ti aka tip ti harris um is not going to return for the third outing for the third film um apparently there's allegations brought towards him and his wife um about sexual harassment um not going to go any further into it but that's what we deem to be the reason as to why he's not going to be returning for the third ant-man film so yeah we'll see um disney ceo bob chapek has gone on record to basically say that there's no going back to pre-COVID film releases. You know, he mentions how, you know, consumer is probably more impatient than they've ever been before, particularly since now that they've had the luxury of an entire year of getting titles at home pretty much when they want them. So I'm not sure there's going back, but we certainly don't want to do anything like cut the legs off a theatrical exhibition run, which is understandable, because don't forget, they were the first ones to put Mulan on the premiere access um, of Disney Plus to allow people to watch it at home for the price of $29.99. Eventually, it became available fully for everybody from December. Um, whereas Pixar's Soul went straight from a June 2020 theatrical release to being released on Christmas Day on Disney Plus at no extra cost. They've done a similar thing that they did with Mulan with Ryan the Last Dragon. That came out yesterday on Disney Plus via premiere access. Um, also at the same price and they're moving Cruella 
the uh, 101 Dalmatians prequel starring Emma Emma Stone um, is going to take the same path as Soul by going straight from theatrical to streaming in May. So, so that's what they're doing. So we still don't know what they're going to do for um, Black Widow because that's still going to be it's still on its release date of May 7th whether or not it's going to have a hybrid release similar to Raya and the Last Dragon or it gets pushed back um, we don't think that they, they, they're, just, they're just going to push it to streaming straight away um, so yeah like I've already mentioned you know a few other films have been been delayed you know Fast 9 has been pushed back from April to um, to June you know yes they've moved The Quiet Place forward to May um, I mentioned how you know both Quiet Place Part 2 and Mission Impossible 7 are going to have a 45 day um, outing in, in theatres and then move to Paramount Plus shortly after that um, we know that Warner Brothers have got their hybrid release for all their films that they're going to release this year um, as well so and it's interesting that nobody's come out attacking Disney to say oh you know, this is the worst streaming service, what you're doing, this, that, and the other, whereas Warner Brothers were attacked for having all their films released on HBO Max at the same time as being released in, in theatres, you know, where it's where it can be released on the same day. Um, so, yeah. And it, the article does mention stuff like that. It talks about the Paramount Plus service. It talks about the Warner Brothers and the HBO Max move as well. Um, so, yeah. Like we always knew that the that post COVID things were gonna be different. And it looks like the studios are starting to realise that as well. So good that Bob Chapek has come out to say that Disney will be more flexible with how they release their films. Whether or not we're gonna see how we'll we'll see what happens with Black Widow. I think that's the big one is Black Widow. How is that gonna be released? Will it get pushed back or are we going to see it have a hybrid release a la Mulan and Ryan the Last Dragon? We'll see. So, yeah. And speaking of Raya and the Last Dragon, Kelly Marie Tran has gone on record to say that she's unlikely to return to social media. You'll remember when she was cast in as as Rose in um, Star Wars: The Last Jedi, and um, everybody had an issue with that to the point of where they were so abusive towards her that she decided to come off of Instagram and Twitter and everything and altogether. Um, she's since not been back on. She has basically saying how, um, yes, her agent has said, oh, you know, he, he, it's, it'll be a good idea for you to go back on this, that and the other. And she's like, well, I feel much better not being on um, social media, you know, that she doesn't have to worry about what people are saying about her and things like that. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's got to the point of where she's she's happy in 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 how she is and such um you know and there was even pictures released of the virtual premiere she's looking so elegant and regal in her outfit she's gone back to her roots and everything and just and her stylists are two black people as well and uh, she just looks absolutely amazing so um yeah i i think tran has done the right thing um, after all the all the abuse that she that she endured, you know, she's come out stronger. She she's now, you know, like I say, she's she she she's featured in Ryan the Last Dragon, um, you know, and yeah, we shall see, we shall see what 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 becomes of her. She's come back as a, as a force of nature, you know. She's not allowed those trolls to get the better of her. She's still getting work, you know. She's still she's still doing things, and the the Hollywood reporter article is quite lengthy so there's a, there's there's a lot to to uncover but um 
yeah, she's um, she she she's in a good place now. She she's doing well for herself, which is good. You know, it does say here after intense racist and sexist online trolls caused the actress to close up shop, Tran has emerged stronger and sure of who she is. I feel like a totally different human. Good on you, Kelly. Good on you. Well done. So um, yeah, I'm happy that she's uh, she's she's back to you know getting work done and back in the limelight. But uh, forget you know it's all, it's all about just disregarding the trolls because they don't control anybody's narrative and they shouldn't. These gatekeepers need to be put back in their place. Um, some Thor Love and Thunder casting. So if you remember Thor the Thor Ragnarok even. Remember we saw Matt Damon playing Loki, you know. You had Loki disguised as um, Odin and he's watching a, a play, you know, gloriously showing Loki in a good light and uh, Matt Damon is playing um, Loki. <laughs> and uh, we know that we, we have, we've heard whispers that Matt Damon did, is returning in Thor Love and Thunder. Well, you're going to like the fact that Melissa McCarthy has been cast as fake Hela in Thor Love and Thunder. So if she's cast as fake Hela, it stands to reason that Matt Damon's returning returning as fake Loki as well. So yeah, that'll be good to see how that um how that pans out. And was it Jesse Plemons who played um um Thor in Thor Ragnarok as well in the play as well fake Thor basically I believe it was Jesse Plemons um so who knows maybe we'll see we'll see him back as well but yeah so Melissa McCarthy returning as fake Hela in um Thor Love and Th uh, sorry not returning she's cast as fake Hela in Thor Love and Thunder so it'll be interesting to see how that how that um unfolds um more casting news for the live action Pinocchio film Joseph Gordon-Levitt is going to be Jiminy Cricket and Cynthia Erivo will be the Blue Fairy. So that's that cast announced. The Simpsons has been renewed for seasons 33 and 34. When is that going to end? I have no idea. But um, quite funny enough, since it's debuted on, well, since it's arrived on Disney+, Plus, I've only watched the very, very, very first episode so far of uh, The Simpsons on uh, Disney+. Plus. So that's the only, <laughs> I've only watched the first episode. But good that it's renewed for th seasons 33 and 34. Who knows if it's going to continue or if it's going to stop. I don't know. So we'll see. Um, a bit of uh, Black Panther 2 news. Uh, Lupita Inyongo has... Um, basically said that Ryan Coogler has got really exciting ideas for Black Panther 2. She does go on to say that it's going to be different, of course, without our king, a.k.a. Chadwick Boseman, but I know that all of us are dedicated to reimagining or carrying on his legacy. So um, it's good to good to know that um, even she's she believes that um, his legacy will definitely be honoured in some form um, when Black Panther 2 gets released as well. So... There we go. Um, so moving on to some uh, HBO Max, DC, Warner Brothers, Warner Media stuff. First of all, I want to say um, it was Zack Snyder's birthday earlier this week, March the 1st. Um, everybody was giving their um, well wishes and their happy birthdays to him. Um, in fact, um, a few fans actually got together and um, they released... Um, the uh a video of fans saying happy birthday to zach um so it was really good some you know people got in touch to say you know we'd like to do a video 
for um, for Zack Snyder's birthday. Would you like to record a video? And yeah, people did. Um, a lot of fans they released it on 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 Twitter and on Vero as well, and um, and also on Instagram. Um, yeah, it was good to see that uh, people were giving you know saying happy birthday to um, to Zach. Fully deserved after everything he's been through. And we are getting Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, as I'm talking to you now, I'm seeing some pictures have been released for. Uxas, who becomes Darkseid, and there's another picture of all the League standing around, you know, planning how they're going to take out Steppenwolf and such things like that as well. Um, so yeah, um, like I say, so yeah, Zach Zach's birthday was was earlier this week, you know, and he was, I think he was humbled by all the uh, by all the happy birthday messages that he received as well. Um, so yeah, he's uh, he's fully 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 happy with that so that's good um what else have we got sorry i'm just distracting on twitter because i've just seen that some people are posting stuff um in relation to J jason momoa i'll get onto that in a moment about um about about jason momoa and stuff because uh, there's been there's been some stuff going on in terms of twitter and hashtags and such um so let's let's continue on so um so I want to talk about um, Ray Fisher again because he has released a statement regarding the Justice League um, investigations and it's quite, I want to say it's quite damning in a lot of ways um, because it really does highlight what has been going on behind the scenes of um during the uh, the Justice League reshoots and um it will it will shock you it may not shock you anyway depending on on your stance um on it and everything you know and if what you've read so far of um of um of the investigations and such um you'll 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 just be like okay so this is what's going on and it will make you think twice also about the the justice league the justice league that came out in 2017 so i'm going to i'm going to read out the 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 um the statement that he released he basically tweeted out just said please read and then he's got the a over e uh, accountability greater than entertainment so here's what he said prior to the justice league reshoots of 2017 Racially discriminatory conversations were had and entertained on multiple occasions by Warner Brothers Pictures executives, Toby Emmerich, Jeff Johns and John Berg. Had I been aware of those conversations in real time, I would have addressed them in real time. However, it wasn't until the summer of 2020 that individuals who were in those meetings felt comfortable sharing with me what they had witnessed firsthand. When it comes to matters involving race, I always try to give the benefit of the doubt to those who may be ignorant of their own biases. But when you have studio executives, particularly Jeff Johns, saying, we can't have an angry black man at the centre of the movie, and then those executives use their power to reduce and remove all black people from that movie, they are no longer entitled to any benefit associated with doubt. Toby, Jeff and John were not ignorant of their biases. They understood full well 
that the racist rhetoric they chose to entertain in those meetings was offensive, discriminatory and unacceptable. Furthermore, they dared not speak those things to me, nor any other black person associated with the film. Instead, they chose the cowardly route of gaslighting, complete with extremely problematic requests, such as asking me to play cyborg like Quasimodo, in quotes, and forcing a scene to be reshot so they could highlight the existence of cyborg's penis. Unfortunately, those were just some of the issues. We now know that the leadership at Warner Brothers Pictures lied to the cast and crew of Justice League and to the world about Zack Snyder picking Joss Whedon to finish the film. The truth will continue to reveal itself, and as it does, there will likely be attempts to shift blame completely onto Kevin Sujahara and Joss Whedon. But make no mistake, Jeff Johns worked intimately with Joss to overhaul the entire Justice League script, and while Jeff was not credited as a co-writer of the film, he was certainly an enforcer of the race-based discrimination that occurred during his conversations with Toby and John. Zack Snyder's Justice League stands as proof of and opposition to that discrimination. I am indebted to the participants of the Justice League investigation. They have put themselves at great risk to share the truth. I owe it to them. I owe it to my peers in this industry and I owe it to all black people to stay the course. Onward, gratefully, Ray. Accountability of Entertainment. P.S. Walter Hamada owes an apology to all the participants of the Justice League investigation. And then he's put a quote here from Coretta Scott King. It doesn't matter how strong your opinions are. If you don't use your power for positive change, you are indeed part of the problem. So I read that and I thought, fucking hell. That, that just opens your eyes even more. And... Ray Smith, who um, who's known as the Flight Cast on Twitter, he retweeted, he quote tweeted Ray Fisher's statement and basically said, "This is why old Hollywood must go. This is what makes just Zack Snyder's Justice League even more important. This is why Warner Media needs to seriously clean house at WB. This is why representation matters. This is why hashtag I stand with Ray Fisher." He then says. Separating the artist from the art is one thing. It's something else entirely when the art itself is directly affected. Excuse me. Zack Snyder's Justice League should officially replace the 2017 film for moral, ethical and cultural reasons, period. And I agree with him 100%. Listen to his latest episode of his podcast... Um, where he actually talks about the Justice League from 2017 and how it should be removed from all existence and that Zack Snyder's Justice League is the only one true version. Because I would have been in that position as well. Like I said, don't forget, I have said, when I saw Justice League in 2017, if you watch my review on YouTube as well, I did enjoy it. Yes, I could see that there were issues, but I did enjoy it. But now that all of this has come to light, now that we're starting to hear about what happened during the reshoots or prior to the reshoots, that racial discrimination was going on and there was talk about having Cyborg's penis be put in show 
and stuff like that. And you even watch, when you watch Justice League in 2017, you notice how Cyborg's storyline is just being completely diminished. Kiersey Clemens, Iris West, um, oh God, I forget her name, Karen Bryson, who plays um, Cyborg's mother. And also um, Joe Morton's character, you know, Silas Stone. You know, the first two that I mentioned, Casey Clemens, um, Iris West and um, is it Elaine, Elaine, Elaine Stone, I believe. Both of their, their scenes completely removed from the film. Cyborg scene reduced to just nothing and Joe Morton also reduced to nothing as well. So you can't tell me that there's no racial discrimination when Cyborg is the heart of the film. He's got more story in the, in the film. You know, Cyborg's mother's involved. Cyborg's father's heavily involved. Iris West is heavily involved. And you cut all of that out. And you're telling me that there's no racial discrimination. Nah. But if you listen to Ray Smith's podcast, his latest podcast episode, he goes into more in-depth and he's more articulate with it. Better than I could explain it and everything. He's more articulate with it. And even as I read his tweet, that it's one thing to separate the art from the artist, which is what I've done um with with a lot of jeff johns related media you know i've got a lot of jeff johns comics i i i I used to respect him as a writer i don't so much now after hearing about stuff like this do i want to burn the stuff that i've got from him no because i enjoy his stories but he's a dick i used to hold him with such high regard he wrote episodes for smallville he's executive producer on um batwoman and you know as been developing the flash and other and other shows as well he's been involved we know he's doing stargirl he's the reason that stargirl exists but he is a dick he does not have the authority to say to somebody like ray fisher i know more about black characters than you ever will you are no, no you do not black explain like that you do not so I'm not going to say any further into it, but like I say, listen to Ray Smith's podcast. It's the Flightcast. I might actually link it for you, so you can read, you can what you can hear it. Have a listen to it, and also have a listen to the episode before that, which is about Superman, um, the whole gatekeeping such uh, as well. Listen to that. I even talk about that in my first in the review of the pilot episode of Superman and Lois, which is going to be part of my podcast patreon again i'm going to mention superman and lois in a moment um but yeah he talks about superman on his podcast and before that he also did a two-hour rant about the marvel cinematic universe so those three episodes in particular have a listen to them because ray he goes into a rant regarding um superman in particular uh, he talks about his experience with the mcu and obviously the last episode that he did was about the justice league it's itself as well so and quite funny enough, I was talking to my missus about the whole Justice League saga and scenario and everything. And I was telling her about how, you know, what's been going on with Ray, with Ray Fisher and, you know, the investigations and such. And why they released what they released in 2017. She was saying, oh, can, 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 can we at least re-watch that before Zack, Zack Snyder's Justice League? I was like, I've already done that. I've already watched it. I've done that for you. You don't. You don't. You don't want to watch it again, okay? Because she did go to the cinema with me. We did watch it in the cinema when it was released. I said to her, "You're not gonna. We're not gonna watch it because, as far as I'm concerned, it no longer exists." She's like, "Oh, so you've removed it from 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 existence?" I was like, "Yes," and I told her the reason why, and I mentioned about the whole 
racial side of things that the the what why joss whedon was brought in what happened to Zack snyder all of that stuff now she's not a comic book fan she's not a comic book nerd she's not a geek in that sense but she's watched the mcu films she has watched the dceu films as well she she's a big fan she loves the flash tv series and she loves she she loves gotham you know when gotham was was on as well she loved that she prefers dc movies more than marvel movies she knows that the marvel movies are more light-hearted and you know humorous in that sense but she prefers dc she likes the grim dark side of, of dc the to the dark tone and everything and i was telling her how eventually Zack snyder was going to give us the hopeful and symbolic and bright superman that he was going to do it and she said what in stages i said yes he was going to do it in stages starting off with man of steel then batman v superman then a two-part justice league and then after that you know who knows what, what would have branched out but it was because warner brothers got so caught up in the the critical reviews that they got for bvs that they decided to change course and this is where we are where you know where we are now and i was explaining that to her and i said it all stems if you think about it it all stems from the fact that they cut half an hour of runtime from batman v superman in the theatrical cuts why didn't they allow the full three hour two minute version to be released because they wanted more screenings but you allow the hobbit to get an imax screening 3d screening hfr screening and that's about two and a half nearly three hours long you know the, the hobbit films all three of them then you do the same for the lord of the rings films as well they're, they're all nearly three hours long how is it you can allow those films to get the run run times but not batman v superman and then you screw it up to the point of where we get the city justice league in 2017 we're now hearing all the all these stories of all the things that has happened behind the scenes and you wonder why fans wanted Zack snyder's justice league and you're trying to sabotage it as well and i'll get onto that a bit more soon as well so yeah I told her all this to my mate, and she understood. Now, she's she's like a general audience member, but she understood. She could see that it was like, oh, so they tried to make Justice League to be like the Avengers in that, in terms of light-hearted and stuff. I said, yeah. I said, well, why can't why, why can they just left that to Marvel? That's Marvel's thing, because it looks like they're copying Marvel. She said all this. I didn't, in, I didn't tell her any of it. She said all this herself. She has seen all the Marvel films. She has seen all the DC films. You know, we've watched them together. She knows you know, she knows who Superman is, she knows who Spider-Man is, she knows who Thor and Iron Man are, she knows who Captain America is, she knows that they are Marvel and DC, she knows all of that stuff. But like I say, she's not a full-on geek like I am, in that sense, but she's a general audience member, but she knows, she sees it, she can see that what DC have done, they should not have changed their, their, their narrative, they should have carried on. I even told her how Batman Begins, when that came out, didn't make 400 million dollars but they still allowed nolan to make the sequels and you know the history of that um we even got thor released it didn't make that much money um thor the dark world same thing didn't make that much money the incredible hulk didn't make that much money but marvel still continued she even said it herself but they still continue they still push they still allowed the films to be released and i said but, but they weren't without their issues you know they had their their issues as well you know biggest one being edgar wright leaving ant-man and such um and she she was like she was she was very clued up on that she was like whoa so they went without their issues but they still allowed their films to be released why didn't warners do the same why didn't warners just ignore those critical reviews and just continued allow zach to still continue his his vision and his story but they didn't they 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 got scared and 
closed, you know, decided to change the narrative. And as soon as Zach decided to step off the project, that was their moment. That was like, yes, this is where we can change course. This is where we can change things now. Let's redo the script. Let's rechange it. Let's make it more lighthearted. Let's, let's bring in the guy who directed the first two Avengers films. It's like, wow. Wow. Well done, Warners. You did fuck up. Big time. And that's why we are where we are. But I'm glad that we're getting Zack Snyder's Justice League. So I'm going to sort of cut it there because there is more that I want to talk about in terms of Zack Snyder's Justice League anyway. So moving swiftly on. So a bit of good news. Superman and Lois has now been renewed for season two, which is fantastic. Um, however, um, actually, no, before I get on to that, <laughs> um, it was also noted that the premiere episode, the pilot episode of Superman and Lois received uh, 3.25 million total viewers so far. It is now the most streamed series premiere in the CW's history. Now, I said most streamed, okay? Not most viewed, most streamed. Because the CW don't care about live viewership. They care about the digital side. Because every time they advertise their shows, they always say stream for free the next day on the CW app. Okay, so yes, you want to watch it live, you can watch it live on the CW. But they always advertise stream free the next day. And that's what a lot of people have been doing. People will either record it through their DVR or they'll watch it the next day, um, either through the DVR or through the app or whatever. That's how the CW track their viewings. They don't look at the live TV ratings like NBC and CBS and other other networks and like ABC as well. They don't track live viewings like that. They do digital viewings. They look at the streaming. How many people have streamed this? How many people have streamed that? Oh, wow, look at that. Superman and Lois has got 3.25 million viewers in terms of streaming, which is the biggest that they've had. And what does that tell you? It not just tells you that people are interested in the, they, they, they watch stuff through streaming, but Superman is in demand. Warner Brothers, take fucking note. There. Um, Supergirl returns to the CW on March... Oh, I put March 20th, but I think it's actually March 30th is when uh, Supergirl returns to, um, to uh, the CW... Now, <clears throat> this is going to cause a bit of a problem because, <laughs> so um, I believe it is March 30th. Um, I'm just double checking. I know I've put down March 20th, but I'm sure it is. It is definitely March 30th. Yeah, March 30th. Sorry. So I don't know why I put down March 20th in the show notes, but never mind. Um, so yeah, March 30th is when the final season of Supergirl returns to the CW. But that causes a problem because... Superman Lois, which would normally air on Tuesday, is going to go on a hiatus. So we're going to get the first five episodes of Superman aired, a uh, Superman and Lois aired on the CW, and then on March thirtieth, the CW is going to do the entire run of the final season of Supergirl, and then Superman and Lois returns on May eighteenth. Um, so if you can hear a noise in the background, that's the washing machine, by the way. So I do apologize. Um, now, I don't understand why they couldn't have allowed Superman and Lois to run for its entire 15 episode run. Then show Supergirl 
afterwards. Because that would be about June time is when you then decide to bring Supergirl in for its final season. I don't know why they are not doing that. Instead, you're going to get the first five episodes of Superman and Lois. Then it's going to go on a hiatus. Then you're going to bring Supergirl in. And then we're going to get the, ne- the, 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 the remaining ten episodes of Superman and Lois. Now that causes a problem for me in particular. Because obviously I'm starting, I'm going to start my new patreon podcast where i'm going to be reviewing all of superman and lois now my original plan was i was going to do the first five episodes record the first five episodes and then put them all on the patreon podcast then you guys can sign up and then you've got content to listen to then every week i start releasing each new episode on on the podcast but because of this it means that what i'm going to have to do is delay the release so I will still record the first five episodes, my reviews for the first five episodes. I've already done episode two yesterday. So I will record the first five episodes and then come May, when the show comes back, I will launch my Patreon podcast and then kick off the reviews again from there. So that's what I'm going to do. I was going to start next month, April. I was going to do like the first five episodes, get, get them out there and then do an episode a week after that. But it looks like what I'm going to have to do is I'll get the five episodes reviewed first, put them up on Patreon. You guys sign up. You've got the five episodes uh, to listen to. Then a weekly episode after that. So, yeah. So that, that does scupper, scupper my plans a bit. But in a way, it's hindsight. It's kind of a good thing because I'm getting a friend of mine to design my logo and banner for for Patreon as well. So it gives, gives a bit of time for that to happen. So that will be good as well. So, um, yeah, I do apologise. So, yeah, cheers, CW. (laughs) Thanks a lot. Um, Black Adam begins filming next month. Um, The Rock has been posting some videos on Instagram talking about his training um, and what he's doing and such and getting ready for Black Adam. But, yeah, that does begin filming next month, finally. (laughs) Um, We get our first look at Space Jam, a new legacy starring LeBron James. Um, Entertainment Weekly has released some pictures. And in, in the back of it, you can see that there is one picture with Bugs Bunny in the foreground. But in the background, you can see some... Warner Brother properties. There's uh, there's somebody dressed as, as an Amazonian and there's somebody dressed as the Penguin as well from um, from Batman sixty six as well. So um, so there will be some Warner Brother properties appearing in in the in in the new film. Uh, we've got stuff like um, Matrix going to be in there in 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 some part as well. Um, yeah, there's going to be all sorts um, appearing in terms of Warner Brothers properties for. Um, um, for the Space Jam, um, a new legacy film as well. So, uh, yeah, so we'll definitely be seeing a lot of Easter eggs in there. Mad Max Fury Road as well is included. Casablanca as well. Um, so, yeah, a lot of um, a lot a lot of stuff is going to be appearing. So uh, we'll 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 see we'll see we'll see what's going on there as well. Um, so. Uh, Batman v Superman um, Zack Snyder spoke about how he wanted to release a remastered version of Batman v Superman and also release it in the IMAX 143 143 sort of ratio as well like he's doing for Zack Snyder's Justice League well that is happening Um, so we're getting the Batman v Superman Ultimate Edition 
um, or the remastered edition of the Ultimate Edition is going to be available on HBO Max and on digital from March 18th and the 4K Blu-ray disc edition will be released from March 23rd. Here in the UK we're seeing an April release for the Blu-ray release. I've actually ordered the 4K Blu-ray release because I've not actually ever owned Batman v Superman on, on Blu-ray. So I've ordered, I've pre-ordered the uh, the 4K release. So that'll be released in April. So I look forward to getting that. So yeah, we're getting a remastered version of Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice Ultimate Edition. So in America, HBO Max and digital from March 18th, 4K Blu-ray disc on the, from the 23rd as well. So that's good. Um, Zack Snyder has gone on to he's been speaking with Total Film they've released a couple of articles one where he says that Justice League was meant to be like Lord of the Rings and not a one-off um, also he was saying how the studios ex studio execs put pressure on him to make Justice League funnier and lighten it during the initial reshoot uh, during the initial the initial shoot um, as well um, he's also received the first ever Valiant Award from the Hollywood Critics Association Go for that. Um, he's, he's, he has actually released a video. Um, you can hear a clip of that. I'll play it at the end of the the episode of this of this episode. Um, listen to him. He thanks the fans. He says how it's all because of the fans, their perseverance, their their cries to make Warner Media stand up and notice them to basically say, okay, they want to see this film. We'll release it for them. But not just that. Also for suicide prevention, the amount of money that they've raised, you know, all of them coming together, collaborating and raising awareness and as, as well and everything. So he thanks the fans for that as well. But um, yeah, he got, he got the first ever Valiant Award for the Hollywood Critics Association. So um, <laughs> that's 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 that, that's some um, I want to say some sort of irony in there because we know what critics I, I say critics, but not the paid critics, but more of the um, the unpaid critics, the bloggers, the blue check marks on Twitter. They're the ones that have a problem with Zack Snyder. Uh, we've got the chapters revealed now for Zack Snyder's Justice League. So there's six chapters all together. And um, I did mention how during the IGN Fan Fest, Zack was talking about the, uh, the, the chapters and he said two of them was... The first part called Don't Count on It, Batman. The second part was called The Age of Heroes. Well, we've now got all six parts, all six chapters, and they are as follows. So chapter one, or part one, Don't Count on It, Batman. Part two, The Age of Heroes. Part three, Beloved Mother, Beloved Son. Ray Fisher actually retweeted that one um, with with a pair of eyes looking, look, looking away like, mm-hmm, okay. Um, part four, Change Machine. Part five, All the King's Horses. And part six, something darker so it gives you an idea of the storyline and where we're going with the films you know part one don't count on it batman i'm guessing that'll be you know batman trying to put the heroes together or something part two the age of heroes so we're obviously going to get the the history lesson as well um part three beloved mother beloved son would seem obviously cyborg victor stone his mother in, in that part part four change machine this will be where they're probably looking to bring superman back to life resurrecting the soup the resurrection of superman part five all the king's horses this will be where the heroes coming together to take on steppenwolf and part six something darker is where we will get the nightmare sequence i would imagine so good times ahead i'm liking it so that that that's 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 where we're at with that um we also have some character so 
Starting Thursday this week, um, which was the 4th of March, um, Zack Snyder has been releasing um, clips and, and posters relating to each character. We've also got what's known as hash flags, or as we like to call them, emojis released for the characters. Um, so we've had Batman, Bruce Wayne, they both have their hash flags, that was on Thursday, and if 53 second clip was released as well you can hear some quotes from various characters in there as well uh we've also got a couple of gifts and a character poster as well released for batman yesterday was superman clark kent we've got a clip we've got hashtags we've got we've got all sorts going on for superman as well um today is aquaman's turn um as i mentioned earlier something to do with jason Momoa's aquaman's turn um there's a youtube video um there's i've just seen it, there's a couple of youtube videos um, appreciations from um, Jason Momoa you know talking about the, the Snyder cuts um, there's a video where he presented Zack Snyder a gift after he watched the Snyder cut um, he gave he gave Zack a, a new camera um, I think we, we saw that last year uh, as well on on um, on um, Jason's Instagram as well so that that's what he did there um, we've actually as I'm talking to you now in fact, we've now got our first look at um, Aquaman from Zack Snyder's Justice League. His uh, character poster um, has been released and um, I believe also a video as well. So there's a there's a clip for um, for Aquaman's, um, you know, character in uh, in in the uh, in, in the Justice League as well. So, um, yeah that's that's now been released as i'm talking to you now those videos and images are being released um which is looking good so um so if you want to if you want to have a watch of these go on to zack snyder's um twitter account and you'll see them so as i say we've had batman we've, got, we've had superman we've now got aquaman tomorrow we don't know who it's going to be i thought today it was going to be wonder woman but it could be wonder woman tomorrow and then obviously we'll have the flash and then we'll have cyborg as well so all of them are getting their own sort of focus in that sense they're going to be the center of attention um you know for, for for Zack Snyder's Justice League which is good um and the official Snyder Cut Twitter account as well has also been releasing the uh the images and the uh, and the videos as well so um yeah looks really really good so we're getting all these character centric teasers from Zack for 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 his Justice League uh which is really really good so I look forward to um to watching those um, I'll be watching obviously I'll watch Aquaman's after I finish the um, the recording um, and I can see people quote tweeting um, the king as we're meant to see him um, you know obviously we're 12 days away now from, from Zack Snyder's Justice League the return of the king as Ray Fisher has just um, quote tweeted there as well um, and everything so um, really really good to see people getting excited for that um, so yeah so those, 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 that's what that's what Zack's been doing um if we've also we've also seen people have received their invites to the virtual premiere for Zack Snyder's Justice League. Now this is going to take place on the 15th of March, so that's a week on Monday. Um so a number of people, a number of fans that were part of this release of Snyder Cut movement have all really received their um their 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 invites, you know, Wonder Meg, the 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 Nerd Queens, um Tim and Scott from uh Squadcast Media as well, as well as Fiona Fiona Zeng, who was like who everybody calls as the godmother of 
the, the leader of the Snyder Cut movement. Um, they've all really received their, um, their, their invites to the premiere. Ray Porter and Ray Fisher as well have obviously received theirs as well. Um, so that's Darkseid and, and Cyborg. So, um, and I'm happy for them. They deserve it. Fully deserved it. You know, they, this, is, this is what it's been about. It's been about the fans. It has always been about the fans. And it's really good that they are being honoured in that in that in that way so um so they'll be watching the film three days before the rest of us so but we trust them not to release any spoilers which obviously they won't do but i'm sure we'll hear their first reactions i'm sure there'll be there'll be like tears and emojis and gifts of crying and all sorts <laughs> but it's good you know you guys deserve this this is all this is all for you well done you deserved it so and i obviously look forward to the film itself being released um um very soon as well um, so going on from what I was saying earlier about the whole Justice League investigation and how Warner Brothers have been trying to sabotage Zack Snyder's Justice League pretty much from day one. Well, it turns out that there's an exhibition taking place in um, Dallas in a place called the AT&T Discovery District in downtown Dallas. So people, some, someone's been taking photos, they've been taking photos of the outside that, oh look, there's an exhibition happening for Zack Snyder's Justice League. And somebody was given entry into said exhibition and they released pictures of the initial, the original storyboard concept for Zack Snyder's Justice League. Now bear in mind, this was before it was even scripted or filmed. And this was back in like, this was even before Batman v Superman was filmed. This was Zack Snyder pitching his idea to 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 the executives, and also Jim Lee was helping out as well. Because um, when you see these storyboards, you've got pictures, you've got drawings by Jim Lee as well as the writing of how the films were going to unfold. There's bits about um, Batman and Lois have a child. Um, Superman taking on the Justice League in the night in the future. They go five years into the future. Uh, we see Darkseid killing Lois. Uh, we see the Flash going back in time on a cosmic treadmill to say to Bruce that initially Lois doesn't says to Bruce that he is not the father, but Bruce tells Future Flash, "This is what you've got to say." Tells him, "You are the father," and that changes everything. But remember, these aren't what would eventually have come on come onto the film because you know stuff was changed even Warner Brothers were saying well we can't have Lois and Bruce having a relationship after Superman has died this that and the other let's not forget that in the animated series of Superman the animated series um Lois and Bruce you know have a have a thing so kind of like that's where I'm thinking Zach would have picked up on that that's where he would have taken that inspiration from but anyway so there's all sorts going on in these in these storyboards now what then happened was people were sharing it people were saying oh have a look at this potential spoilers but this is what we could have had this is what zach had in mind this was his vision and such but then we found that warner brothers had contacted the exhibition and demanded it to be shut down because they were getting scared that why is this being released we didn't ask for it to be released well maybe not you but Warner Media obviously did. Warner Media own Warner Brothers. 
it's not Warner Brothers to turn around to say, we don't want this being released to the masses. Well, it's not your say. It's Warner Media's. Warner Media own you. So that's what's going around. And we then find out that Zack Snyder actually went on record. He, had, he was actually part of, he was actually on a live stream. Um, was it Dave the Film Junkie? Um, he does these vodka streams and such. Um, he went on to say that they're not spoilers. And he basically says that, you know, if you read them, you'll see that this was what was originally planned. It was gonna be, a con it's a concept, but they're not spoilers because, you know, he's already now done his, his Justice League and we are gonna see different things. But it's letting everybody know that, hey, have a look at this. If you want a sequel, who knows where this could go. We're not going to get that original concept, obviously, because think of it as, as you say, when you say concept, it doesn't always turn out to be what was conceptualized in that sense. OK, so, yeah, I've read it. I've had a look at it and I'm like, wow. Why? What? Yes, the Bruce and Lois side of things could be a bit. You could work on that a bit, but I wouldn't have been against it. I would have liked it. You know, we even see what happens in the future, 20 years later. Um, and whilst I was actually reading it, what was interesting is, as I was reading it, my mind kept going back to the Justice League Dark Apocalypse War animated film, which was the culmination of everything from the Flashpoint, Justice League, the Flashpoint Paradox animated film, and all the films in between. And it made, that's where I went back. Because it tells us how they go to Apocalypse. That, you know, um, Darkseid, sorry, they don't go to Apocalypse. Darkseid arrives on Earth um, to take the mother boxes from, from Lex. And Superman was about to have a fight, has a fight with, with Darkseid. But Darkseid has already taken the anti-life equation. He's got it from Lex and uses it against Superman to brainwash him. And then Superman takes on the Justice League and all that stuff. And, and I was just like, this reminds me of the Justice League Dark Apocalypse War film. And I'm like, we could have had that. We could have had a live action version of that. So if you've watched and seen the the Apocalypse War animated film, just think that could have been a live action version for Zack Snyder's Justice League. We could have had that. Green Lanterns were involved. Even Hal Jordan. We get the Green Lantern Corps involved. You know, Wonder Woman goes back to Themyscira as well. Clark and Lois bring up Bruce's son as well. So these these are just main sort of plot points. It's not like the entire story's been written or anything, but these are like main plot points. So there's no real mention of Martian Manhunter until like sort of like the very end. Um, you know, we don't see any involvement from him and such. But Cyborg, Flash, all sorts happen between them. Cyborg even gets half of his body taken off. So Flash is carrying the top half of his body in, in, in the in the in the nightmare future as well. So all of that stuff is happening, you know? And I'm just instantly remembering the Apocalypse War animated film. And I'm like, we could have had that. We may still get it. When Zack Snyder's Justice League gets released on HBO Max, my god, it's gonna be unlike anything we've ever seen. And the the reception, the response, the reaction. Whew. Warner Media, you better get ready because we want sequels. We do want sequels and hopefully we will get sequels. So yeah, have a look at it. 
go on to the internet and look for these um, storyboards because you need to read them. You definitely need to read them. I have them downloaded. I have got. I have got them downloaded. I was able to download some of them, these pictures that people have posted. Um, so if you do want them, let me know, and I can email them to you. If you want to drop me an email, um, you know, ck6 at gmail, ck61938 at gmail.com. Um, drop me an email, and if you want them, I will. I will get them sent to you, and you can have a read. Um, somebody actually took the time out to do a transcript of the entire thing. So if you want the transcript better than the actual storyboards that somebody took a picture of, because you can't see some of the wording on some of them because of the lighting, um, yeah, let me know and I'll send them to you because I think everybody needs to see this. Um, we need Zach to understand that we've seen it, we like it, we want to see it. So because of that, as I say, Warner Brothers wanted the, wanted the exhibition shut down. However... The, the official Snyder Cut account on Twitter has just tweeted in the last 40 minutes saying, we're excited to announce that the Snyder Cut exhibit at the AT&T Discovery District in downtown Dallas will officially open today. That's Saturday, 6th of March. This exhibit will include special memorabilia from the film and will allow fans to dive deeper into the mind of Zack Snyder. And they've shown some pictures. There's a picture of a suit of a Superman soldier um, with Jared Leto's Joker. Uh, we also see a Flash costume. We see Nightmare Batman. We see Nightmare Flash. We see Superman's costume. We see Nightmare Mirror costume. And obviously we get a close-up of Nightmare Batman costume as well. So um, it's brilliant. And it says it here, the showcase will open daily. So from today, it will open daily from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. and capacity is limited to 20 during operation operating hours so um yeah and i'm hoping the storyboards will still be there so if you're in the downtown dallas area or if you're near dallas get yourself to the exhibit take as many pictures as you can share them on Insta on instagram share them on twitter share them across social media everybody wants to see this we need to give zach the the limelight he deserves this everybody needs to see this so yes share it as much as possible so yes i'm happy that that the the exhibit is going through it shows that warner brothers have no control over this all of all of it is on warner media and i cannot wait for the day that the likes of toby emmerich and walter hamada get given their um how should i put it basically get kicked out the door given their marching orders because this this the, the this is what the fans have wanted this is what they want so yes bring it i can't wait um so i even watched it's actually quite funny because talking of the concept storyboards a friend of mine um heather she tweeted me about um fat man beyond that kevin smith does he does his pod podcast called fat man beyond and he actually spoke about these concepts he actually was when he went to the UK. He went to visit the um, the set of Star Wars for the was it Solo, I think it was, um, and he no not not Solo was it the other one. It could have been Force Awakens, I believe. But he was there, and he also went to see the filming of you know he was there talking to crew members for Zack Snyder's Justice League, and he was saying how they were telling him how oh. This is this is how the story has been outlined. These are the concepts. These are the storyboards. So Kevin even spoke about it, and he was saying, 
oh my God, we could have had that. Can you imagine if we had that? You know, he spoke about when he was there that this is what people were telling him. Members of the crew were saying, this is what was originally outlined. You know, this is what we were going to get and such things like that. And we've now got evidence. We've got the photographic proof that that was the case. So, yeah, I've watched a segment of that. He does, he does talk about it. It's about seven minutes long. Um... You know, I'll I'll see if I can get the video and I'll I'll link it. So if you want to have a watch of that segment, you can do. Um, like I said, it's about thirty odd minutes in um, that that they talk about that particular area as well. And Tom Holkenborg has released a new track from Zack Snyder's Justice League. It's called um, Middle Middle of Mass. Um, it's about a minute and ten seconds long. It's quite good. And we've now got the entire track listing as well. There's 54 tracks, four hours long, and it's going to get released on March 18th. So on the same day that the film gets released, we are going to get the soundtrack as well. Four hours long. And there are some notable um, tracks in there as well. Um, so have a look at it and then you'll see the um the list of tracks um in there are quite interesting we've got we've got one here that says superman rising part one slash a book of hours you've got superman rising part two slash immovable then there's batman a duty to fight slash to see batman an invocation to heal slash to be seen wonder woman a call to stand slash a world awakened flash the space to win slash our legacy is now Cyborg becoming slash human or to human. Aquaman returning slash carry your own water. And then the very last track is Hallelujah by Alison Crow. Alison Crow was the singer who was in Man of Steel. She was singing in the bar that Henry Cavill's Clark Kent was working in, or as the character was falsely known as Joe. <laughs> um that's her. She'll be she'll be singing her rendition of Hallelujah, dedicated to autumn snyder um because even the film itself in the, in the credits zach does say that the credits will will have a dedication to autumn as well so um yeah there are some uh th so th so those are the notable sort of tracks that i've taken from the list but like i say there's 54 altogether um and yeah middle mass was the latest one that he that uh tom holkenberg aka J junkie xl has released and the crew at war power is at number 48 it's the 48th track Middle Mass is the seventh track on there as well so yeah so that comes out hey March 18th I can't wait I will purchase it I will stream the hell out of it Tom has also confirmed that there's going to be a vinyl version of it as well so for all you vinyl lovers out there you'll be able to uh to, to grab yourself a copy and to finish off Justice Con has They've released a new logo. Um, as, I'm, as I'm talking to you, as I'm doing this podcast, I'm actually wearing a Justice Con t-shirt. Um, the original Justice Con logo with a hand, a black hand reaching out with all the heroes' hands reaching towards it as well with Superman's red cape sort of intertwined. Well, they've released a new logo similar to the one that I've, that I've just described, but we now got a new hand appearing. Martian Manhunter. <laughs> he is now one of the hands reaching out to um you know the hand of 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 a of a of a you know 
some, of helping to help someone rise up and lift them up from wherever it is that they that they're that they're at in their life um which is good to see it's like let us help you let us raise you up let us let us bring you up into the light from the darkness um so yeah it's good to see that so we've got the hands of batman superman wonder woman the flash aquaman and cyborg and now martian manhunter i will be buying the t-shirt for that when that becomes available as well so that's it from me that's everything um that i've got through um so we've done quite well to get through as much of them so to cap off to finish off like i say go and listen to the flight casts um last episode that he recorded regarding justice league listen to it understand why the 2017 film needs to be erased from existence and needs to be replaced by Zack Snyder's Justice League as the one true version because like I say Ray says it better than I ever could um he's more articulate but he really does go into some serious ethics about it as well um you know even he says it in his podcast he does say that at one point he was willing to separate the art from the artist but as I said in that he's in his tweet that he said he can't do that anymore you know there's no way that that film can ever be in good faith a version that we would want to associate ourselves with that there's no way you can separate the art from the artist knowing what has happened behind the scenes before the reshoots and during the reshoots as well so yeah i'm the same i i haven't i didn't buy a copy i don't have a copy i did download a copy but i've deleted it i as far as i'm concerned that film no longer exists anybody that mentions it i'm just going to say here's the actual version here's the true version this is the version that you should that you should be watching because this is the is is how it should be this is the version that we are talking about so yeah that's where we're at so like i say thank you all very much for listening thank you very much it's been a real pleasure look after yourselves have a good weekend and continue to stay safe continue to look after yourselves and as always be kind thank you very much goodbye Thank you, Ashley, Scott, and thank you to the Hollywood Critics Association for honoring me with this, the Valiant Award. Making a movie is hard enough, but the story of the Snyder Cut of Justice League is a saga that is almost eight years in the making. It's a movie that was never going to see the light of day, but due to the perseverance of thousands of fans around the world, millions of tweets, incredible social media activations, whether it be billboards in Times Square, bus stops in San Diego, or airplanes literally flying around the studio. Those amazing and dedicated fans got a giant corporation like Warner Media to take notice of them, hear what they had to say, and got them finally to agree to finish the film as I originally intended. So on March 18th, that movie will come out and it will be a victory for all of them. But the real victory is not that the movie was getting finished. More than that is what happened during the course of making Justice League is that these fans were also able to join together and create a community that got behind a cause, a cause that is not only important to me and my family, but also needed in the world. That causes mental health awareness and suicide prevention. With the same billboards and tweets that they used to get the movie made, the fans were able to raise over half a million dollars for AFSP and to generate so much awareness for a topic that is oftentimes in the dark. The work that they have done is literally saving lives. So you see, the real victory is that effort. The real victory is those lives that are being saved. And when 
Everyone watches the movie on March 18th and the credits roll. At the end, the real achievement will be all the incredible work that's been done for mental health awareness and suicide prevention. And I'm proud to be a small part of it. So thank you for honoring me with the Valiant Award and thank you everyone who lent their voices to this noble cause. And also, it's not too late to give to AFSP. And for those who are struggling, please know that there are people who can help support you and that you're not alone.